Hey lovelies, before we get started, I wanted to let you know about a new initiative happening here at Impact Fashion. I've been trying to figure out the best way I can help with the COVID-19 situation, especially as my hometown of New York City has been among the hardest hit. So I decided that from now until this whole mess is over, I'll be donating 19% of sales to Christian Siriano's mask making efforts. I don't have the staff, equipment, or fabrics to be sewing PPE myself, but I can support those who are. And we're, kicking, uh, and we're kicking things off with a lovely sale. The entire site is 40% off, so you can get something beautiful for yourself and something critical to those keeping us safe. Shop luxurious, timeless, modest fashion at 40% off by going to impactfashionnyc.com and using the code LOVELYPPE. There's a direct link in the show notes as well. Together, we can put a dent in the need for protective equipment for our healthcare heroes. From Impact Fashion, it's Be Impactful, a show about the women making a difference in their own quarters of the world. I'm Rifki Itzkowitz, and on today's show, I talk with a food lover about kosher fakeout, how she doesn't take for granted the opportunities that fell into her lap while she works hard behind the scenes, and we share notes on working with your spouse. Don't call Esty Wolby a food blogger. I tried in this interview, and well, you'll see what she has to say about that. I'm not sure if it's the fact that we recorded this kind of late at night and we were both bomb tired, or just Esty's general easygoing nature. My god, that girl is a bucket of fun. This conversation goes back and forth between the very deep and the very silly. As a little kid, um, I was kind of, I think, basically the same, just a little bit less uh, in control of the things that came out of my mouth. Got me in a lot of trouble and kind of taught me to tell me to keep my mouth shut at certain times. Um, I'm just I'm I'm very like outgoing, very friendly. I'm curious. I'm honest to a fault sometimes, um, and these are all things that I needed to learn to hone. But that that was me as a kid. It's kind of the same thing. I have this like unfiltered kind of kid like quality to myself even now. I don't know if you know what I mean by that, but I know exactly I just, what you mean by that. As someone who has spent a little bit of time me, with you in so. person, then yeah, that that makes <laughs> I like perfect sense. Fun. I like having fun. So yeah. And that's something that so, definitely like, comes across on your Instagram page, Cooking with Tantrums, which is so yeah. super fun. It's just a <laughs> it's just a bucket of fun. And I'm curious, like, how do you become a food blogger? How does that happen? So it's actually really funny because I don't even know if I've adopted that title. I do technically have a blog, so I guess I'm a food blogger, but I'm still not because I don't even I just, I don't even know what that means to be a food blogger. So actually on my business cards, last time I printed business cards, I'm like, what should I call myself? Because it's so multifaceted, the things that I do. Like I really, I have a cooking show on kosher.com and then I have um, my Instagram where I'm an influencer, which is another term that I'm not so fond of. I feel like that's, you know, not necessarily the right term for what I do, but that's the term that exists. So we use it. Um, and I didn't really know quite what to put on the business cards. So I asked my husband, we sat down for a few minutes. We're like, you know what I'm going to write down? Food lover. Cause that's what I am. Okay. I love everything about it. So I'm like a food entertainer, I guess. I do um, cooking demos and I do chops competitions and I do classes and I have a cooking show and I have all these kinds of things that I do. So a blogger doesn't really quite, you know, encompass everything, but I guess food lover kind of does. It definitely does. I like that 
you know, it's so hard because I feel like everyone has 10 part-time jobs now. You know, nobody just has that one thing that they do. We're all doing a million and seven different things. And I, it's, you know, if I were to like sit down and distill what I do to one, to like to a business card. Yeah. I mean, I would write fashion designer, but it's still, there's so much more, you know, I'm hosting a podcast now. There's so many other things that, that go into it. Have you always been a food lover? I think so. Yeah. I really just love food. And then it's so funny because when any, when anyone ever speaks to me and says, you know, I'm not a foodie or something like that, you know, if they have to arrange um, some sort of demonstration that we're doing, but it's somebody behind the scenes, they're like, I'm not a foodie. Like, so that they wouldn't understand what I'm talking. I'm like, yes, you are. Everyone's a foodie. Food is something that's what I love about the most. Food is something that speaks to everyone on some level. Right. We all got to eat, you know? Every Yeah. But also it brings us joy. Food reminds us of things from our childhood. It takes us back. It's very nostalgic. Food um, heightens our curiosity. It just like really, really connects us all. That's why I love it so much because I find it so fascinating what it does to people and how it brings people together. So true. Um, So I think everyone's a food lover. I definitely always was for sure. And I think that every day I am more a food lover than the day before. It's like not something you ever get bored of. Right. Well, yeah, there's always something new to eat. Yeah. Exactly. There's always some new combination. There's always some new discovery. Now they're making like fake meats that look and taste like meat. Have yeah, you? What's your favorite fake meat, by the way? I've only tried uh, Beyond, and I find it really interesting. I don't know if I love it. I di- I did it one time during uh, the nine days, which is when we don't have uh, meat products and we rely on things that are non-dairy, non-meat, not non-dairy. Sorry, non-meat. So it could be dairy or just neither. And um, we tried it then. We made like a cheeseburger, which is usually something that we wouldn't be able to have according to kosher guidelines. And it was really kind of good. But like, I felt satisfied enough in my curiosity that I don't need to have it again. Like, I'm okay with right. it now. Yeah. I've had it and now I know and now I'm done. Right. It's funny because you know? I, yeah, no, like, like you've, you've, you've done it. You've not, you're not, whatever. Like you've had it, you liked it. Great. And now you can go right. back to eating your cow. Right. Now I don't need to be curious about it. Exactly. I'm like, oh, right. okay. Now I know yeah. what that's about, but I don't feel the need to like do it again. I kind of want to play around with it maybe eventually at some point and make like a, you know, like a lasagna or something like a layered, like maybe like manicotti where you use like the meat and the cheese, something like that. But I haven't done it yet, but it definitely wasn't really good. Have you tried it? Have you tried it? I, so I haven't tried beyond. Um, I have tried a couple tofurkey things. Um, I generally go with fake cheese. I'm lactose intolerant. So I'm not supposed to be having any dairy at all. So I have fake cheese regularly. And then um, I have regular cheese also. I definitely cheat. Um, Right, right. But (laughs) I pay the price later. Um, But because I'm already having the fake cheese, I will, like, if I'm in the mood for something, then I'll put the fake cheese on the cheeseburger. And it is weird. It's, I think it's weird. Well, first of all, fake cheese is weird just in general. Um, The tofu makes a good one. That. That's why I think that's why I think um, fake meat are the way to go. If you could have dairy, like you're gonna right. fake one thing and you don't have stomach oh, issues, then fake the meat. Definitely, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. What was the other? I, yeah, I we tried um, like I think it was tofurkey deli slices or something like that. That's so the, interesting. It was weird. Like it was very. It was kind of strangely crumbly. I guess. I don't know. I didn't love it. I also, the one thing that I also didn't love was that the color was weird. It was like. Yeah, it's not, that doesn't sound, doesn't sound like I would try that a second. <laughs> you know, what's pretty good actually. Also the Gardein uh, beefless crumbles. I put those well, Everyone talks about those. They're really good. 
They're good. They're really just good. Those I have to try. And also everyone likes the the Trader Joe's chickenless chicken tenders. Um, so I haven't had those, but I have had the I forgot what the brand Morningstar the chicken oh, yeah. nuggets from Morningstar, which happened to be dairy, which is what? Um, right, <laughs> um those but those are actually pretty good. Like I've had those with some like marinara sauce and cheese melted on top, like a chicken parmesan kind of thing. Those right. were good. Right. So I did a chicken farm with real chicken and fake cheese and I liked it, but I was also weirded out because I I mean, I don't, I don't know if you grew up Orthodox, but I did. And for me, it was like, I've never had any meat and cheese combination ever. And then to have something, even though I was like, it tastes good, but I feel weird about this, even though I know that it's not dairy, but it is, it's like, it was messing with my head too much. So I actually, I love it. So we, we grew up eating kosher only, but, um, you know, we had other things that we were less observant a little bit in, but kosher was always a thing and I never had a cheeseburger or anything like that, but I love exploring it. I love that. Like all of those accommodations that we can't actually have in kosher. I'm so happy to be able to delve into that world and see a little bit more of what it's like in the textures. I don't necessarily need to eat it all the time. Like I said, with the cheeseburger, like I just need my curiosity to be fulfilled and then I'm kind of good with it. But it wasn't weird for me. Like I liked it. Do you know what I mean? Right. No. Yeah. I get, I get how that, that could be super cool. What's, what are some other like kosher fake out things that you've tried? Um, well, Connie is like a big one. Oh, Connie, I love. But it, does that even that count was, anymore? Like everyone, well, it's just, everyone so, does Connie. You see what you're saying? It doesn't count anymore. But when it came out the first time, it was a big deal. Right. It was a but really big Connie deal. There are so many people who still can't do it. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Am I dating myself? I don't know. Um, <laughs> um, I really, I can't even come up with the number. But I remember, I do remember when it came out and People were like, what? And, you know, the old-fashioned folks were kind of like, this is an abomination. But, like, why? Who cares? Right. Yeah. It's, well, whenever there's anything new, all the old folks are going to be like, I walked a mile right. uphill in the snow to get to school, and you can't have your fake crab things. And, like, that's just. Absolutely. But what's the big deal? It's kosher. Come on. There's actually right. somewhere it says that for every non-kosher flavor or taste out there, there is a kosher option. Um, oh, I don't, cool. I don't remember where it says, but it actually is written somewhere. Um, so like, isn't that like, Hey, enjoy the food. Right. Let's go find them. You can find a way to make it kosher. Yeah. Go for it. I feel like yeah. that's a nice blessing. Like, enjoy it. I'm right. like, good with that. Yeah. That, that's <laughs> super cool. So how did, going back to the original question before we got mm. totally sidetracked, um, right how so so you're a food lover as you would say um how did becoming how did being a food lover become your job so actually it's really funny because I don't even know if I can explain how that happened um way back when when I first got married um I I tell this story so many times that I feel like it should just come out naturally I should have it scripted but I still kind of have to recall the details um (laughs) When I first got married, I we lived in an apartment and I didn't, I wasn't like so fond of the kitchen. I always loved cooking. I always loved food. I always loved cooking. I did. I grew up watching my mom cook, come from a really long line of amazing cooks. And I grew up in the kitchen. I knew, I really knew so many techniques and everything. By the time I got married, I knew how to cook. I just really didn't enjoy my kitchen. And I feel like that's really important. I feel like you have to enjoy your space. And I didn't. Um, and also living in Brooklyn, you know, there's a kosher restaurant like on every block and it was just the two of us. And it was just so easy and convenient, especially after a long day of work to just go out and get something that's, you know, somebody else makes for you. 
Mm-hmm. It wasn't even necessarily more expensive, you know, and you didn't have to deal with leftovers. It was kind of like a win-win. So that's what we kind of resorted to most of the time. Um, and then at some point I shared a recipe with a friend, but like I really barely ever, ever cooked. And my sister made fun of me. And at that point, that was like the time on Facebook when everybody started making groups and everybody was making these like silly groups that just had no meaning. And my sister jumped on board while making fun of me and very like, nice way like I wasn't hurt or offended by it she started a group called I don't cook but I give out recipes I love that group well but that's how it happened because I wasn't cooking but I was giving out recipes did you know that I did not now you know now I know that's exciting now you know yes I've told the story so many times but it's funny how some people love the group know the group but don't know the story um so that's the whole story that's what it is it's called I don't cook but I give out recipes because I didn't cook but I gave out recipes and that's it it was just kind of meant as a joke and then it snowballed and then I don't know at some point I remember we we like checked the group we weren't really so on top of it it was just started as like you know this is what I made for dinner and it's just you know barbecue or whatever it was just a picture of what you made it wasn't a big deal um and then one day we looked at it and there were like 8,000 members and we we're like, what? That's crazy. And then, you know, without just, we weren't babysitting the group, but it was just kind of doing its own thing. And then we looked at it and it was up to like 16,000. And that was a point that I was like, oh, wow, this is kind of crazy. Maybe we should start babysitting a little bit more. So we kind of like, I was on top of making sure that, you know, conversations were peaceful and everyone was being nice and everyone was being civil, which is my main job there. Um, so I kind of joke that I'm the mom of the group and when nobody behaves, I'm like, go to your rooms, you know? <laughs> um, and then I think that really kind of led to other opportunities because right now we're over 45,000 members wow. and it is like one of the most well-behaved, that's obnoxious to say, but you know what I mean? It's like oh, one it's of the not obnoxious nice, for Facebook. Helpful, supportive. I don't know, but it's like not a nice thing to say. I'm talking about adults here, Um, but it is one of the most well-behaved, supportive communities on Facebook. So that kind of led into into other opportunities. Um, And one of those is kosher.com, which is kind of huge for me. And I'm really, really proud to be part of it. Um, And that before kosher.com came along, everyone kept saying like, start a blog, start a blog. So that was also trending at times. I started a blog and I was like, what should we call it? And I had three little kids at that point and that was my life because my my first job title is me and we called it cooking with tantrums so all these kinds of things are like little hats that I wear they're all part of the food lover title that I own that's awesome can I tell you a stupid Facebook story that happened to me today please okay so I don't know how Facebook works I don't I don't get it I don't understand it I can you please yeah. <laughs> and after you hear this story, you are going to know why I need lessons. So the oh, one thing that true. I did learn how to do um, at the beginning of the year, like September time, the beginning of the school year, whatever, um, was I hired someone to teach me how to run Facebook ads so that I could run ads uh, for Impact Fashion. And then mm-hmm. I realized literally like two weeks ago, I was like, wait a second, I need to have my Facebook page be like the people were clicking on the ads and then they were going to a Facebook page that was basically empty because I didn't know, like I didn't know to fill it up. So I was like, I need to start being oh. more active on Facebook. Cause I realized that I looked like a troll. So I started <laughs> being more active on my personal page, which I don't know what I'm doing. And on my business page, which I a little bit, tiny bit know what I'm doing. And what I did on my personal page just this morning was I, I saw that I had a bunch of these friend requests 
And I, and I was like, oh, this is, this must be like followers on Instagram. Cause Instagram, I get Instagram. I understand. And then okay. I, I just accepted all of them. Next thing I know for the next like three hours, I'm getting all of these random messenger things from all of these random dudes who are like asking me if I'm married and what are you into and where do you live and can I come over? And I was like, how did this happen? What is and going like, on? No, you can't come over. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, so I had to do a yeah, lot of blocking so actually, today. So it's a little bit different, actually, because my my Facebook thing is a group, not a page. So it's actually Right, so groups I get it's also. actually also different because, yeah. Groups I get. There are different rules that apply. Right. Also, in, groups are like it's like public property. Yes. Like, with groups, yeah. it's like I, I get like commenting on other people's things. I get that. I sound oh. like a grandma right now. Oh, oh my god. Um. But yeah, that's my fun. <laughs> I, I understand. Groups. No, they're just so different. It's funny because the platforms are very different. Right. Yeah. It's pages I, that you're having an issue with. <laughs> it's pages. It's really messenger mostly. I actually don't really understand pages. <laughs> Well, for starters, don't befriend a bunch of strangers. How about that? Let's start with that. Let's start with that. This is this was today's lesson. Was don't yes. befriend random strangers on the internet. Welcome to Safety 101, Rifty. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. I hope you didn't give anybody your address. No, I, <laughs> that much I knew. Okay, good. Okay. But I was like, why are you asking this? Who are you and where did you come from? <laughs> Oh gosh. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Anyways. Um, so what were you doing before you started full-time doing all these different things? Um, well, I, I was doing a bunch of, so when I first got married, I was working for Travel Cell, which is a company that runs cell phones for people who travel abroad. So that used to be a thing. Now everyone just kind of uses their own cell phone, but it used to be that your cell phone wouldn't work if you went to, let's say, Israel or Spain or Italy or whatever. So you needed to rent a new phone with a different number, SIM card, an international plan. And that's where I worked at that point. Um, and then, um, then I had my first kid and then things got complicated and it was getting too hard and it wasn't even worthwhile anymore to work outside of the home because by the time you finish paying a babysitter and you're just stretched way too thin, you were making like $20. Yeah, I hear that. So that ended. That's what happened. That kind of ended. Um, and then I was home. So I just tried to like make as much money as I could from home. So I was just kind of doing all these side hustles. I used to make like hair accessories and I would sell it online or at like boutique shows and things like that. Nothing major, but it was just, I enjoyed doing it and made a few dollars, whatever. It was all good. Um, and then after that, um, actually while I was still doing that, but that was kind of like really majorly side, non important. Um, my major focus was I used to wash and set wigs. Really? Um, for real, real. For real, real. Hold on. I think yeah. I need to send some wigs to you. No, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> Can you though, please? please? I do mine. I do mine. I'm actually, sure it's do. funny because on my Instagram, I saw that tutorial and I thought that you looked like you knew what you were doing so well. And I was like, I'm so impressed that Esty followed a tutorial so well. I did see it. Yeah. 
And I was like, yeah. well, I must have really paid attention to those YouTube tutorials because I've mm -hmm. looked at those. No, you. No, that's called experience, baby. Mm, no, nice. I, I did. I washed and styled wigs for like a few years, for a good few years. Um, and it's actually so crazy because the Passover season is like the most hectic of the entire year because everyone wants to look fabulous and you just get bombarded. So now I'm just so relieved not to have that kind of thing going on. <laughs> right, right. Like, so ah, okay. And then I forget to do mine, which is like the biggest joke of all. <laughs> Yeah, the what what do they say? The shoemaker's children. The shoemakers. That's it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Um yeah, but we make it work. Right. So um when you when you started doing things with kosher.com and all the chopped competitions and and all of those, were you was that like intentional on your part? Like I'm gonna go be a TV person? No, nothing. And it's like it's so funny because I find it very interesting whenever there are like um these inspirational you know, conventions or these speakers who talk about how they got to where they are. And I'm just kind of like, um, God put everything in my lap. So like, thank you, God. And that's it. Like, <laughs> and this concludes my TED talk. <laughs> like, nothing. like not to, not to play down my strengths and my talents or anything like that. I do think that I make delicious food. I think that my, my strong suit, my point of view is quick, easy, you know, delicious, but fast and easy. So my cooking shankosha.com is actually called easy does it because that's the way that I cook. Like I don't have time. There's something that I make on kosher.com. One of the most popular videos, it's baked easy because it's not baked. It's baked mm. and mm -hmm. it all takes place in one pot in 20 minutes start to finish. And you can do it with one hand because there's no draining. And that's nice. like, shout out to anybody who is like too busy to do it the real way, you know, right they can do it that way and that's kind of like my point of view on all the cooking so I was just kind of doing my thing and then these these opportunities came to me and I'd have to be a complete moron to turn them down but God was just kind of like okay here I'll put it in front of your face and then you'll do it because I'm not one to like really put myself out there and go out and you know ask for opportunities I just I need to get better at that because there's still so many opportunities out there that I, I can make happen for myself, but these kind of were gifted to me. Right. What's one thing that, that you would like love to get? If anyone was listening here now who could give you your dream job, what would it be? I should say it out loud, really. I mean, if you want. <laughs> I want a TV show on syndicated television, like yes. a talk show. Yes. That's Thank you for saying that out loud because that's, that's awesome. And also you would be so great at it. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. I would love to have you on in my um, imaginary. Hi. Yes. For now, it's imaginary. <laughs> no, but like in a couple <laughs> years, it won't I be. Do say out loud. I feel like. Right. I mean, hopefully, I do yeah. think that there's power in saying something out loud. So I don't shy away from saying it out loud. But it's kind of like some people think it's silly or like, yeah, okay, dream on. And I'm like, okay, well, thanks. Yeah, no, that's why, why would it be silly? First of all, listen, if you were someone who didn't have any kind of on-camera experience or anything like that, then fine. Maybe I would be like, maybe do like an online show first, but you've already done that. And then if you were someone who was like afraid to talk to people, I would be like, maybe develop some interview skills first, but you <laughs> have those things. So why not? That's, awesome. that's what okay. I'm saying. 
Right. So like, let me know when it's on. You know, I want in TV. (laughs) TV. If, if the TV is listening, can you, can you let us know, please? Ellen, if you hear me. (laughs) I think that's the third time that we've addressed something to Ellen on this podcast. Really? Because I love her. I want to be her when I grow up. Yeah. I adore her. Yeah. I mean, why not? Yeah. I, I love, I love the, the be kind and um repetition like I love that so much it's kind of what I try to instill in the group I'm always talking about being kind and being kind I feel like there are so many people out there suffering from so many different things at any moment like you have no idea you're in the supermarket even and there is you know just people they and they look like they have everything together but you have no idea what's going on you know and yeah. everyone's just walking around in pain in different ways so just shower them with kindness just be as nice as possible if I'm not in a rush I like will let random people go in front of me like you you have no idea how you can make someone's day with just this random little thing that you can do yeah it's so true it, it really and is so, true. Like she's so great at that you know yeah. she's always talking about it well yeah that. it's how she signs off every day be kind to one another right and she's the only one who does anything like that which is why I love her yeah Exactly. Basically, Ellen, we love you. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm. And if you are listening, can you send like me an show. email? Because oh. like that would be amazing. <laughs> right? Okay. I know. How crazy would that be? See, that's the thing, though, is that I love saying ridiculous things like that out loud. Like, you want your own TV show, and I want an email from Ellen, because who knows? Maybe she is listening. Maybe we got put on Apple mm-hmm. Discover, the podcast Discover, and she was at home, like, flipping for through sure. things. And decided to listen because the episode art is so pretty. It can happen, right? I'm all for it. Yeah, absolutely. Hello, did you hear how I got to where I am? Things just fall into places. It's true. Things really do sometimes. They just, sometimes they just fall into place. And that makes it so, hmm. See, but at the same time, when sometimes when things just fall into place, when they're not falling into place, it makes you feel like, I don't know if you've ever had this, but I certainly have that there have been certain times when I've been like, okay, God, I'm ready. I'm ready to be discovered. I'm ready for some celebrity to wear my design. Like I've worked really hard. Yeah. My product is amazing. I'm ready for it to blow up. Your and product is amazing. Thanks. And it will blow up. Yeah, but like I'm ready when. for it to happen that's now. Right. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm ready for that to happen right now. And it's definitely something that's blown up in the Orthodox Jewish community. And it's definitely something that is getting more and more attention every day. But like that's great. Yeah, it's great. And also some, like, yeah, I don't know. It works both ways, I guess you could say. No, you know what? It's actually, I mean, it's funny because I'm not trying to say that I've blown up, but um, people will now ask me, like, you're asking me, like, how did this whole thing start? And I'll be like, oh, well, it started with the Facebook group, right? So, but like the Facebook group was kind of just happening for a good 10 years before anything else happened. Do you know what I mean? Right. I didn't even, it wasn't intentional but I was basically putting my head down and working for 10 years without any recognition whatsoever. And then boom, right. You know, and people, people really kind of expect for things to be like, well, I've been working. It's kind of like, you ever try to go on a diet for like an occasion. Right. And you're mm-hmm. like, okay, I've got a week. Right. Yeah. And you good eat luck, a honey. salad for lunch and you're like, now am I, am I, they're now <laughs> right it doesn't work that way right and then you like, look at somebody who's fit who's been like working out and eating right for three years and you're like but how come they can do it well they you can also do it it just doesn't happen as quickly as you think 
Right. You know who I was thinking about this a lot with is actually, you know, the singer Lizzo? Yes. Okay. She has been performing for, I think it's eight years. And everyone only just found out about her in the last year, maybe less. And someone asked her like, how do you feel about being an overnight success? She was like, honey, I have been in every single awful bar every single night, you know, touring and driving my own truck and getting to where I need to be. And this doesn't happen by itself. Right. Yeah. So there's, there's an expression that it takes 10 years to become an overnight success. Yeah, it's true though. It right. really is true. So like, you'll, you'll, you'll be an overnight success. And you'll be on TV. And you'll tell me all about it on my show. Yes, I will. Oh, I'm so excited for the show. I, I, <laughs> what color do you want your set to be? <laughs> Not there yet. I don't know okay. what colors will be trending that year. Oh, it's so true. <laughs> color trends are the worst. They're so annoying to keep track of. Yeah, I'm, so mentioned- I'm going to have to hire somebody to do that. Yeah, you should, by the way, because if there's just let someone who cares about that stuff deal with it. Um, I want to go back to food, because why not? Um, when you said that you, you're always looking for stuff that's easy, you're always looking for stuff that's yummy, that's simple, you know, fake ziti. I love such a good name also. Um, is, has there ever been a time when you've made a recipe and then like made it up or whatever and then thought, this doesn't, this should not see the light of day for whatever reason? Yes. Okay. Can you tell me about one? Um, I can't remember any because usually when something happens like that, I just kind of switch gears and turn it into something completely different. I really don't even remember the last time that happened because I, I kind of, for the most part, play it safe. I play around with flavors that are good. And if something isn't going the right way, that, that's really the best part about cooking is that you can kind of always salvage it almost all the time. Mm-hmm. Baking is a little of a different story because baking is the science experiment and then you put it in the oven and then you figure out what happens. But cooking as you go, you can switch things around and add a little bit more and take a little bit away. But I think if I had to like really remember the last time something was a disaster was I think um, last year, Passover, when I was trying to make some recipes for Passover because we don't use flour in baking. So we rely on like almond flour or like tapioca starch or potato starch and things like that. Everything gets so complicated. And, you know, the laws of baking science just don't want to work in your favor and everything kind of flops. That's probably the most frustrating because there's also no guideline. You can't necessarily like Google and compare your results to someone else's because Passover is kind of a niche um, recipe qualification. Uh, So you're really just kind of on your own out there. Right. Is, is, um, is a kosher for Passover different than gluten-free? Um, it is because let's say our customers don't allow us to have peanut butter. Oh yeah, um, you're right. So we can't rely, like there are, I think peanut butter or like, um, tahini also. Oh yeah, you're right. Those are like staples and gluten-free stuff. Yeah. So those, those are complicated. So there's almond butter, but again, it's not quite the same. So you really have to play around. And that's kind of what I'm talking about. There is no, um, there's no blueprint for how to really do it. You kind of have to go and trek out there. There mm-hmm. are people out there who are making really, really great passive recipes, but they're trailblazing because it's something that they're completely making up and having success with. And I don't know how many things have flopped in their kitchens, but what they're putting out is great content. Yeah, it, that's, that's super true. So when you... Like, how important is it to you that something be pretty? Because, you know, a big part of how you, you know, you are in visual mediums like Instagram, like your kosher.com show and all of that. And at the same time, you want it to be yummy. 
So which takes precedence? Um, well, I think I, I really always say it and it sounds cliche, but we do eat with our eyes first. So when things are kind of like brown and brown with beige, like that's not appetite, except for potato kugel. I'm sorry. That's the exception. And I potato love it. And it so doesn't good. need to be pretty. I just love it with my whole heart and then some. Okay. So that's the exception. But otherwise, beige and beige and brown, it's just not that beautiful. So, but anything can be perked up pretty easily. If you add some herbs or some pomegranate seeds or some like, you know, bright pops of color really can bring everything to life. Pickled red onions, things like that. You can really elevate almost anything and make it beautiful. And then you have both. It's true. It's like, it's like accessories. Think of it's it like accessories. Like herbs and pops of color. Yeah. Oh, like you I love get that. dressed and then you're like, which earrings will complement this? You know, it's like the topping. Oh, this act, that actually makes so much sense in my brain. Thank you for it's distilling that to I thought it might. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it might. See, everyone's a foodie. You just have to get yeah. there. It's you true. Have to get, not, not that you were saying that you weren't a foodie. Oh, I'm not. Yeah. I mean, I love to eat. Out at I, lo- I love I'm to so eat. I just don't go. cook. So we share a title then. Food there you lover. go. See, food lover. I love it. That's a food lover. That's so good. I also love, <laughs> by the way, that your husband's account is eating with tantrums because I just think that that's amazing. Just on every level. Totally. He's actually, it's funny. He's not, he's not just like there on the sidelines. He doesn't just come with me to events. He actually is totally, completely my partner, my biggest cheerleader, my support system, my everything. He designed my logo. He manages my website. He's my um, bookkeeper. He writes my invoices. Like we're business partners in every sense of the word. So he's eating with tension. He just doesn't cook. Like that's not a thing. <laughs> right. Otherwise, well, he doesn't always, need to. You do. Yeah. I'm kind of like a control freak. So like if, if he wants to be in the kitchen, like I just need to be out. Like cooking together is not a thing. I just can't handle it. Too stressful? I just, I just, I like when things happen a certain way and I like for things to happen the right way, which is my way. And I don't mind if they're done a different way, but I can't witness it. Like I, I'm too, I'm too hands on to be there and not say anything. So I just need to like leave. Like when he washes dishes, like it's not going to be my way, but done is better than perfect. So I just leave the room and then they get done and then whatever. And that's perfect. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, having someone else do the dishes is perfection on every level. Uh, most of the time. Most, of the, most time. of the time? Okay. I won't ask. No. <laughs> I won't. I won't ask. Um, I'm no, you- it's like, it's like when they help out with the laundry or whatever. Like if something that wasn't supposed to land in the dryer lands in the dryer, like, okay, fine. It's a, whatever it is what it is. But at least it got done and I didn't have to touch it. So that's, that's a win. Yeah, exactly. That's a good way of thinking about it, I guess. You said that you, you work together. So does your husband have a, a, like another job also, or is his full-time job working together with you? Um, no, I wish it could be his full-time job. I wish I made it enough to support our house. Um, he leases cars. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's awesome. And he loves cars, so it works out. That's fine. Really, but it, okay, so yeah. here's my question, though. Is he the type of guy who, like, loves cars, like, cool, fancy cars, and then he is leasing minivans? Or does he get to, like, is he just as excited about the stuff that he works on as 
Um, so I, he leases all kinds of cars. I have a minivan, which I'm like, ugh, about, but, um, he just got himself. It's a funny thing that you're asking me this question. He got himself a manual transmission car that he had to teach me how to drive. And I think I burnt the clutch. And did you know there's three pedals? I knew that there was three pedals, but I didn't, I don't know what the other words that you're saying mean. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Same. And he tried to teach me and I'm like, is that smell supposed to be here? I think I'm burning something. <laughs> anyway, I'm just going to stay in the kitchen basically is the point. It was like, it was like the Beyond Burger, something I needed to do once. And now my curiosity is satisfied and I don't need to ever do that again. I think it's really funny that he bought a manual car and you live in Brooklyn. So it's like, where is he going already? So, but that's, that's what I'm trying to say. He really loves cars. He right. loves to drive it. It brings him joy. So I'm like, okay, whatever. I don't need to borrow his car. It's fine. Like I like taking his car when I do a demo or something, or if I travel out of town, cause I don't love my minivan. I drive out of convenience cause I have four kids. So I need to be able to fit everybody, but I like driving like, you know, a smaller car, actually the car before this, it's, it's actually really funny. Wow. The car before this one, he just got the manual transmission, um, was a two door car. We have four kids. That's <laughs> <laughs> So who gets strapped cars to the roof? Bring him joy. Cars <laughs> bring him joy. And I'm, I'm all for it. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Do you have any tips for working with your spouse? Um, well, I think everybody has a different dynamic. So it's just, if, if you can't get along, then it's just really not going to work because at the end of the day, you also need to have a relationship with that person. So sometimes you need to know if you're capable of having a work relationship with them too. Cause it is very different. Like with work relationships, there are deadlines and then there's like stress of different kinds. It's just, it's a lot of stress on a relationship if you're already having a stressful relationship. So you need to basically take a nice hard look first at whether you can handle it. Cause it isn't easy. Uh, and if you can, you need to kind of set some boundaries and open your line of communication so that if things get a little bit too stressful, it doesn't bleed into the other areas of your relationship. Right. So to, I'll kind to, of be like, I still want to like you, so I need to stop talking to you about this right now. Yeah, you know? well, that's something that you need to do sometimes, regardless. Of- yeah, but more so when it comes to work, because even if there's like a really important task or something needs to be done, like you can't really push it off, but sometimes you have to for the sake of your relationship. Right. Yeah, yeah. that I totally get. And it's yeah. not easy. It's definitely not easy. Yeah. I, I hear that. So my husband and I don't really work together in a real way, but he is, he's an accountant. So he does my books and we take care of all that right. stuff together. And it's definitely totally like different hats that you wear. Because also I think that when we're, when we're doing like, like when we're doing the books and when we sit down and we do it, that's, it's his thing. Like that's his, yeah. he knows what he's doing. It's literally yeah. his job. So like, that's when I need to just do what he tells me to do. And like, he's, he's in like the, the boss position in that as opposed right. to everything else when we're very equal, you know, when we're, when we're making yeah. other decisions, it's what are we going to do together? And in this time it's no, this money goes in that column and shut up and do what I say. Cause that's just the way that it is. Cause accounting is very black and white that way. Um, right and that's the transition that he, and like that's that. he doesn't talk like that no either. i didn't think so don't worry just for the record <laughs> <laughs> yeah no but, but it's, it's a hard transition it's my my husband is my best friend he's my best friend i don't go on girls trips i'm not interested he's my best friend if i want to go on a trip i want to go with him i want to get like 
we're um, currently in uh, our pandemic quarantine, not official quarantine, but we're staying home. And he is my best friend. Like I get to hang out with my best friend. But when we have to work together on a project or a deadline, it becomes really, really stressful. We are not friends. (laughs) (laughs) It's just hard. Yeah. It's a different dynamic that takes over. Yeah, it's, it, it is. It's, it's just because also I think that in general, people are different when they're in different situations. Like the Rifki that I am when I'm with a client is not the same Rifki that I am with my family. It's not the same, you know, I'm not the same Rifki with my grandparents as I am with my parents, as I am with my siblings. Like they're just, you, right. you, you just show up differently in different situations, I think. And it's not a bad thing. It's just, it's just how people are. So right. when you're in a work situation versus when you're in your marriage, it's just different. Yeah. Yeah. I thought we were going to talk about food and we ended up talking about so many more things and I kind of love it. <laughs> that was awesome. Well, we could talk more about food if you want. But, um... I mean, I'm always, I'm always up for talking about food. Um, but I think we're running out of time, honestly. Oh man. I know that's one of two. <laughs> <laughs> we'll bring you on for a part two and a, a different time, maybe just to like actually talk about what we wanted to talk about. But either way, this was fun. If somebody wants to learn more about USD, where can they go? They can find me on Instagram at cooking with tantrums, no spaces or underscores, just cooking with tantrums, multiple tantrums. Sometimes they're mine. Sometimes they belong to the kids. Um, On (laughs) Facebook, the group is called I Don't Cook, But I Give Out Recipes. And you can watch my cooking show on kosher.com. It's called Easy Does It, or you could just type in SD Walby and you'll find it. Awesome. And we're going to link to all of those in the show notes. Um, that This was super fun. And I highly recommend, I don't cook, but I give out recipes. I don't know if I'm actually part of the group, but I've definitely made stuff. <gasps> the group. What? So I know it's like, oh, we've been through this. What? I don't know how Facebook works. I don't know how oh. Facebook works. All right. I'll hold your hand. Thank <laughs> you so much for having me. This Please. was a lot of fun. I appreciate it. This was, wait, but don't go yet. Because the last I'm question that I want to ask here. you you're right there. Good. The last question that I want to ask you is what I ask everyone that comes on the show. And that is to you, SD Walby, what does it mean to make an impact? To make an impact. I think it means to, like we were talking about before, I think it means to touch the world with kindness because there are so many people who are suffering on some level and your smile to a stranger or your kindness in one way or another can really change someone's day, week, month, year it really can make an impact. Everyone's kind of like in a rush in this world. We're all rushing to get somewhere. And if you just take it slow for a second and think of someone else beside you, behind you, in front of you, you can make an impact on their lives just like that. That is awesome. Thank you so much for coming on today, SD. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, this was a blast. Thanks for listening. You can find links to all of SD's many projects in the show notes. Reminder that there's a 40% off sale happening right now. You'll find a direct link to that. Also, access all of that by swiping up on the cover art. To hear more episodes, subscribe or head over to impactfashionnyc.com slash blog slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and want to help more people hear it, leave a review or a quick rating. It'll make me do a little happy dance. The episode art was designed by Michelle Moses. Original music composed by Nissan Fetman. This episode was produced and hosted by me, Rifki Itzkowitz. Catch me on Instagram and Facebook at impact.fashion.myc. As always, here's to making an impact together. <laughs>